You're listening to the Irish Times Business Podcast. The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Podcast. This is Wednesday, November 19th. I'm Kieran Hancock and on this week's show, we'll be looking at Johnny Ronan's likely exit from the clutches of the National Asset Management Agency and recapping how some other NAMA debtors have fared on cutting their ties with the agency. I'm joined in studio by my colleagues Tom Lyons and Barry O'Hallon, who at various stages have covered the cases of several property developers and their dealings with NAMA. Tom, we'll start with you maybe uh, and Johnny Ronan. You've been writing recently about his likely return to the property game and his exit from uh, NAMA. Tell us more. Well, Johnny Ronan is uh, one of Ireland's most uh, colourful property developers, but also uh, very arguably one of its best. Uh, he is he is somebody who, during the, the, the boom uh, between his various companies, partnerships, and in a personal capacity, he built up borrowings of 3 billion euros. 3 billion euros. And these were this related to developments as far away as Shanghai in China uh, to he was working on projects in Russia. He was working on projects in continental Europe. He famously was involved in trying to develop Battersea Power Station in London. And then he had a, quite a large property portfolio here in Ireland. Uh, he is one of he was one of the top five developers in NAMA initially, and uh, in a personal capacity or with Treasury Holdings, personal one of his companies, companies everything together. And uh, he has faced some tough times in NAMA. I mean, we've seen Treasury Holdings was uh, taken over by NAMA. Uh, they, they they appointed receivers and they've been selling off those various assets. Uh, and we've seen his he's had to sell other assets, like he's he's now exited China, for example. Uh, and then there's this sort of portfolio which relates directly to him and his companies. And How big is it? It's about 250 to 300 million euros. And it includes uh, well-known buildings like the, the, the building that houses Bewley's on Grafton Street. Mm. It includes Connacht House, which is the building, ironically, where Anglo-Irish Bank uh, ended up being headquartered. So it's, it's he owns prime office blocks. Uh, a certain amount of retail, and he also earns owns some uh, mansions dotted around the, pl- the place, uh, as well as some development sites. So, now presumably he hasn't got two hundred and fifty to three hundred million euro just hanging around in his bottom drawer. He's getting some. Uh, he's getting a partner, if you like, uh, to exit Nama. Tell us about that. Uh, he's brought in a partner, uh, Kieran, called Colony Capital, and this is a $20 billion uh, American property investment fund uh, led by a guy called Tom Barak. Uh, this is the fund which previously backed Paddy McKillen in refinancing his debts uh, out of the former Anglo-Irish bank. And these included, you know, the, the, the Berkeley and Claridge's hotels in London. And now they've turned around and saying we're going to back Johnny Ronan. And they're engaged in extensive talks with NAMA at the moment about refinancing his debts. And significantly, I mean, this will be refinancing his debts essentially at par, uh, which is a very, very rare thing, as we've seen most developers have, have lost control ultimately of their, uh, of their assets uh, when trying to exit NAMA. Do we know how much NAMA paid the banks for those Johnny Ronan loans? Uh, we don't, uh, and they are closely kept secrets, Kieran. Uh, but, but I would presume that if if he's paid, that they certainly paid it at a discount to par, uh, so that so that they'll come out on top in relation to this deal. Although clearly, in relation to Treasury Holdings and other uh, and other developments, uh, they may come down uh, on on certain on certain deals in relation to his company debts. And what will Johnny Ronan's involvement be? 
post the exit from NAMA? Does he have a financial stake in this? Will he be a consultant? Will he be an employee? What will the relationship be? I'd imagine it'll be a bit of all of those elements, Kieran. that uh, if you look at Paddy McKillen's relationship with Colony, for example, uh, you know, Colony is the one writing the cheque. So clearly uh, they, they they are in the driving seat to a certain extent. On the other hand, these guys are very experienced developers. And in all of their portfolios, particularly in Johnny Ronan's portfolio, there is a development aspect to it. A fund isn't going to want to carry that through. So presumably they will reach uh, business arrangements with Johnny Ronan that he's now working for them and that there'll be a profit share for him uh, if they succeed, if he succeeds in adding value to existing assets or building new ones. Okay, Barry, you've been covering the Michael O'Flynn case. Michael O'Flynn exited NAMA earlier this year when his loans were acquired by Blackstone. Everybody felt at the time that he was he was out the door and free to kind of carry on his business interests uh, as he wished but in fact it's uh, it's turned quite sour for him with Blackstone fill us in on that on that story okay in fact it it, it, it turned out to be a far more painful exit than the, the one that Johnny Ronan appears to be executing the, fundamentally what happened was that the, there was a falling out between um uh, Michael O'Flynn and his companies and Blackstone over the terms and conditions of the, the, the loans that Blackstone had purchased. Blackstone bought loans that had a par value of $1.8 billion, paid $1.1 billion for them. We know that, that that's that's actually on the public record. But the, the, the matter effectively ended up in court after Blackstone attempted to appoint its own receivers and kick out the existing board and put the some of the trading elements of the business into examinership. And uh, they demanded a repayment of uh, a large sum of money at very short notice, didn't they? They did. They, they demanded a repayment of personal loans amounting to over £20 million, um, at very short notice. That that was effectively the trigger for them then to, to move in, appoint the, the, the receiver over the, 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 the overarching... Um, company in the group and then an, an attempt to take control by the by the back door. They became shareholders. That entitled them then to go in and seek to have the company put into examinership. And uh, what happened was that uh, sort of through a, a three or four day court hearing in August, the O'Flynn successfully, well, I won't say uh, unwound that, but stalled that process. And the matter is not likely to go back into court now before January of next year, I understand. Right. And Tom, Michael O'Flynn, effectively, Blackstone became uh, Michael O'Flynn's new lender. Everybody, I suppose, assumed once he had exited NAMA, he was he was back out there calling the shots. But in fact, he had a new lender. And presumably, it'll be the same situation for Johnny Ronan. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it certainly will be. Uh, I think that we've seen with Colony's relationship with Paddy McKillen that they seem to be much more involved in supporting uh the developer and encouraging the developer to to add value to the to the portfolio. Uh, so he will be like Johnny Ronan will be somebody who will be required to work very closely with Colony, and he'll need to get on with them, uh, just as Paddy McKillen is getting on with them. Uh, but he could, of course, just like anyone coming out and entering a new partnership with a new bank, mm. uh, you could discover that it turns out to be a Michael O'Flynn type situation where. Michael O'Flynn is going along thinking, uh, finally, I'm free of NAMA and realizes, actually, uh, this, these guys are a hell of a lot tougher and uh, they want to completely pull the rug out from underneath me. And Johnny Ronan has obviously been used to calling the shots. He ran his own businesses. He ran his own personal interests as well. How do you think he's going to get on working for somebody else effectively? Uh, I think that he is somebody who is very entrepreneurial and who... 
like one of the things that people always say about Johnny Ronan is that like he does have he is colourful and all that type of stuff, but he also does have a real sense of quality and he knows how to achieve things. I mean, if you look at if you compare, for example, Google's headquarters, you've got on one side of the, the street, you've got a building built by Liam Carroll, which Google has to has had to invest extensively in renovating and improving. And then you look at the other side you have a building which is built by Johnny Ronan and Treasury Holdings, and it's one of the finest buildings in Dublin. Uh, and I they think, built the National uh, Conference Centre. Which, is another, case, which is another great building. building. So yeah. I think the provided Johnny stays focused and he can focuses on delivering those type of buildings and stays out of the press and doesn't get distracted uh, I think that he, he'll have a very good relationship with Colony who has who has a history of investing in uh, high quality buildings At Irish Life we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow they don't have a pension plan we can help you help them because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704-1845. Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life, September 2014. Barry, Brendan McDonough, the CEO of NAMA, told the Oireachtas Finance Committee recently that about 100 of the 800 debtors with NAMA have effectively exited the agency. Uh, what do we know about some of these debtors? Okay, well, the, there's, there are a few of them that, that we do know about. Uh, Bill Durkin, one of the Durkin family and head of the, the UK-based Durkin Group, was one of the first out. He, he repaid £40 million fundamentally himself. He, um, the, no, nobody came in and bought that debt. He left, the group, he, he left NAMA's clutches quite early on. I think maybe possibly was it early last year, Tom, you, you might remember this. And uh, he, was, he was heavily critical of the agency afterwards and said that effectively they were... They were preventing uh, developers from get, getting on with the job and they were smothering entrepreneurship and, and all the rest of it. Another guy who, who I think we, has effectively left the agency's clutches, if you like, is David Courtney he, the, of Superquin fame. And uh, he was actually, his portfolio was one of the first, his portfolio of loans was one of the first that NAMA sold. You might remember it included... Um, I think a number of Superquin stores and famously the Garda station on Harcourt Street uh, in Dublin and uh, NAMA I think there was eight, there was an 800 liability attached to that NAMA sold it for around 200 million that was the figure published at the time Courtney was a, a cons- was acting as a consultant to Starwood which headed up the consortium that bought that and um, so that you know there, there's been a few people who've they, they've made their exits in, in you know in various ways either clearing their own debts mm. or having someone come in and purchase the debt and they've gone along with it so they've tra- they've travelled with the liabilities if you like Tom you've written about some of these debtors of exited NAMA as well haven't you what about Paddy McKillen uh, where does he stand in relation to NAMA well, Paddy McKillen, as his famously his 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 loans owed to the former Anglo Irish Bank didn't go into NAMA, uh, so he has refinanced those debts. I know that he had debts with Ulster Bank uh, in the UK, which again is outside NAMA, and he's refinanced them with Bank of Ireland. So his remaining debts relate to AIB, and I'm not a hundred percent, Kieran. Did they ever actually go into NAMA in the end? Uh, but he certainly has said very publicly that uh, his loans are performing and that he's very much in the black. And uh, 
working to um, realize additional value from his portfolio as well as you know we're seeing his sons uh, investing significantly in pubs and nightclubs in Dublin as well as in building uh, giant homes uh, in areas like Los Angeles. What about the likes of Ray Gretton, who you've been writing about this week in relation to his bankruptcy woes in the UK? He was uh, involved in NAMA, isn't that right? Well, that's the other way of exiting uh, NAMA is to go bankrupt. Uh, and we've seen quite a few of them. I mean, we've seen Bernard McNamara go bankrupt in the UK. We've seen Paddy Shovelin, John Fleming, Ray Gretton. Uh, so these are people who, who've decided, look, we are not prepared to work with NAMA or we feel that the mountain is just simply too high. And we want to get on with our lives and go bankrupt in the UK. And we've seen these people coming back. I mean, we know that Bernard McNamara is now working for Dennis O'Brien. Uh, we know that Paddy Shovelin and John Fleming are working as consultants to various property groups in the UK. And we know that Ray Gretton is somebody who has exited NAMA or who, who has exited his bankruptcy. So he's no longer bankrupt, but uh, he has faced a bankruptcy restriction order, which places certain restrictions on him if he wants to do business in the UK. Uh, but he, too, is trying to get back into business, is seeking to raise funds and uh you know, I think we're going to see, we know that he's working in Nigeria and uh, I think he's looking at different things in Ireland too. And Barry, you've written about Ballymore Properties and Harcourt Developments who I suppose have worked alongside NAMA, yeah. cooperatively with NAMA, if you like, and they're on the cusp of exiting as well if I'm, if I'm reading your stories correctly. Yeah, the, the Harcourt was pretty explicit. They were, most recently they were talking in terms of, of, of a 2016 exit and they've they've negotiated a terms of a business plan and this seems to be very much Harcourt playing ball with the agency, paying its debts and, you know, making a timely exit that on, on terms that suit both parties. There's a, a, there's a broadly similar, uh, Harcourt by the way, has has debts of around eight hundred million, and I think a chunk of that, not all of it, is is due to NAMA. There's kind of a broadly similar story with Ballymore. They've repaid quite a lot of money, both to NAMA and to this is Sean Mulryan's. This is Sean Mulryan's operation. Yeah, um, they. There were reports during the summer stating that they had pay, repaid around $1 billion both to NAMA and to other lenders. And again, they're looking at a sort of a 2015-2016 a exit. They would have been in the, the, the top tranche, the first tranche of, of borrowers whose, whose debts that NAMA took over in, in early 2010. And, the, you know, the, those debts would probably have been similar in, similar in scale to the O'Flynn groups, I think, possibly maybe a little bit more. But certainly they've been working alongside NAMA and in fact NAMA has worked alongside them. It's cooperated with them continuing with work on say Nine Elms which is close to uh, Battersea in London and for which they're now looking. They've, they've just hired CBR, CBRE to assist them in raising finance for that. And uh, Ballymore has also sold off around 300 million sterling worth of assets in London and as far as I understand given the bulk of that cash to NAMA. Tom, there's huge secrecy around NAMA's debtors, who they are, how much they owe, etc. Is that justified given how much taxpayers' money is at stake? Well, it's 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 like if you consider NAMA as being like it's just another bank, uh, you can understand that there would be secrecy, uh, certainly because... And should remind listeners that NAMA paid €32 billion Euro for €74 billion Euros worth of face value loans from the Irish banks back nearly five years ago. Yeah, it's absolutely giant uh, sums. It's so, so you can see on the one side uh, that they need to have confidential relationships with these people. They're trying to work with them. They're trying to negotiate with various funds and hedge funds to, to purchase certain assets. So they have to keep a certain amount. Uh, it's understandable that it's secret. On the other hand, uh, I mean, basically, you know, 
depending on how NAMA works out, that's, it's, it's a big part of the Irish recovery story. And uh, certainly I think that there is a frustration among people that uh, we don't know very often when, when portfolios are sold. You know, we don't know how much money did they owe in the first place. We don't know how much money did they, did they owe in the end and how big a loss is the, ta- is the taxpayer facing each time one of these assets is sold. Uh, or even a profit. Or have we have they made a profit or have they made a loss? We just don't know, and uh, that's one of the consistent criticisms of of NAMA. Barry, what's your view on how NAMA has dealt with its various debtors over the past five years or so? Um, to a certain extent, I, I, I'd agree with Tom. Um, there is a need for confidentiality, but it is more than just a bank; it's a public body, um, and. Uh, I do actually believe that we'd benefit from for, from some greater clarity or transparency around how it deals with uh, its debtors. And I think there's, there's an interesting kind of angle or twist to the O'Flynn story in that um, O'Flynn appeared, the, the O'Flynn group appeared to have negotiated a relatively, or a comparatively favourable deal with the agency in terms of how its repayments to the agency were handled and how its cash flows were managed. And it, th- that deal appeared to be better than the, the sort of arrangement that NAMA, than, than what NAMA had with other of its, uh, of its debtors. But um, when it came to Blackstone's reading of those exact same terms, uh, Blackstone appeared to have taken a much tougher approach towards the developer. And we, we have yet to be told why the same agreement was treated in, 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 a, in a very different way by a commercial investor on the one hand and what's effectively a state agency on the other. And I think there are a lot of questions like that that need to be answered. And it's fair to say that Michael O'Flynn had a bit of a tetchy relationship with NAMA. Not exactly its biggest fan. Um, well, that is certainly the word on the street, yes. <laughs> okay. Tom, NAMA's continuing to sell off uh, various assets and loans. Um, you, you've been writing about uh, one of their latest deals, Project Boyne involving uh, Willie Smith. Tell us more. Yeah, this is a guy, I mean, this just shows you how, you know, this is Willie Smith is somebody who's not exactly a household name, uh, but with his partners and his various companies, there's a portfolio there with debts of about a quarter of a billion euros. Uh, They relate to various office blocks uh, in Ireland, the North, the UK, and there's there's an office block in Prague. And I I suppose what people would know them for is the Fitzwilliam Business Centres, uh, which are very successful and uh, they have some, um, you know, regular clients, lots of regular clients and uh, one or two colourful ones. Right, OK. Barry Nama has said it expects to complete its work either in late 2017 or early uh, 2018. And its expectation now is that it's going to make a profit of about 500 million euro for the taxpayer on the 32 billion euro that it spent buying various loans from the Irish banks. Do you think that represents uh, a good value for us? To a certain extent, it does. I mean, like, if you look back at the, the, the scenario in which we found ourselves and, and in the, the run-up to, to NAMA's formal foundation in, in 2010, certainly, the, um, you know, the, the, the economy was a car crash and it was the, the financial system was a car crash. And I don't think any of us ever thought we'd reach this point. But there are a few things we need to remember about NAMA. It was established, effectively, to put the banks back on a, a normal footing and... To a certain extent, that's only beginning to happen now. Now, that's not NAMA's fault. Um, there, there, there were other factors at play. NAMA does appear to have managed its portfolio quite well, and um, it, it's certainly benefiting from the uptick in interest in, in Ireland, and it, 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 it does appear to be managing that very, very well as well. Um, but we've also got to remember that when NAMA was set up, we were told that the people whose loans were being bought at a discount, that they would all 
be made to repay those th- that those monies in the ends of the earth. Yeah, yeah they be chased to the ends of the earth, and I, I genuinely do not believe that that's going to happen. And Tom, it's going to jar with a lot of people, isn't it? That the likes of Michael O'Flynn or Johnny Ronan or whoever uh, are going to be back out there developing properties in Ireland, continuing business uh, in spite of the fact that they played major roles in the, the property crash here. Well, it's it's just as jarring, I suppose, uh, Kieran, as when we see, you know, like we continue to pay uh, the politicians who pushed us into this property bubble and into the crash. We continue to pay them hefty pensions. Some of them are still in the doll. Uh, you know, like it, it is a reality that, uh, you know, that this was private spe- sector speculators uh, in the banks, the property developers and the politicians uh who, who created this crash and somehow it got saddled uh, on the backs of the entire uh, Irish public. And that is, you know, that is a huge injustice and you can see why people are very frustrated. Uh, but to focus only on developers uh, is to forget about all of the other bits and pieces, uh, including the very senior civil servants, the central bank, the financial regulator, the Department banks of themselves. Finance, the banks themselves. Uh, there's an awful lot of people who got away with it, for want of a better word, uh, and it goes much, much further and much, much deeper than uh, one or two individuals. Okay, that's it for this week. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today daily email at irishtimes.com. I'd like to thank the producer Sinead O'Shea, researcher Declan Collin, and sound engineer JJ Vernon. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. <laughs>